from the Boomer and the Babe studio at the Feeding Arizona building in Youngtown, Arizona, it's time for Success or Failure with Tom and Terry. Success or Failure is the show that gives you methods and principles to guide you to your best business and your best self. Now here are Tom Legering and Terry Munther. This is Successor Failure with Tom and Terry. Uh, we're on hold right now waiting for Tom and Terry to come to the line, and as soon as they do, we'll uh, get him right in and start. they can start the conversation with you. Uh, we'll be waiting here just uh, for a couple of minutes. Thank you very much. Tom and Terry. Uh, barring any other technical difficulties, we'll, we'll get this show going and we apologize for any delay. I'm Dr. Terry Munther along with author and entrepreneur Tom Legering. Each month we get together on this program to discuss and share ideas for meeting personal and financial goals and improving the quality of our lives and the quality of others. So we'll talk about tried and true concepts found in the book Success or Failure and we'll also talk about other business partners and ventures and projects and success stories and how these are finding their path to a happy, healthy, and successful conclusion. We hope you'll join in our conversation by calling or emailing us with your thoughts and comments at blogtalkradio.com forward slash boomer and babe or www.successorfailure.org. With that, hopefully we're up and running. Um, Thank you again, Tom, for being here, for uh, getting this program together as we do once each month. It seems like a little bit of a scramble toward the beginning, <laughs> which was the end of <laughs> the end of begin. Um, anyway, today is really uh, very exciting for me because uh, there's so much going on with the success or failure uh, book, and uh, we're we're trying to do some things. Uh, with a couple of promoters to help find more people that will benefit from using the book. My main use of the book is, uh, other than in my own, for my own businesses, you know, getting getting the things I need to do so I can show people what I'm trying to accomplish. So when I have a, a business and a, and a group, I more or less give them that, the book so that they can see what I'm about and what I'm trying to accomplish. The main function of all this effort that we do is to do well in our business so we can do good in our community. So as you know, the book, Success or Failure, The Choice is Yours, is written and distributed to help people get their lives, get out of their lives more than what they're Putting well, <laughs> out yes, in, in an equal balance. So you got to put something in to get something out. Right. But knowing what it is that you want to get, life is not a dress rehearsal. And so I go to Eve's place and speak to victims of domestic violence. And one of the things is so rewarding to actually see people turn their lives around and go from being a victim to being a thriver. And there's one lady I want to talk about. She was uh, four national uh, 
married an American, came to America, got her citizenship, a little trouble getting the language down, but she's working on it real hard, was a victim. Uh, and now, when I first met her about a year and a half ago, so this journey is over a year and a half old, uh, she went through both iterations of the book. So she got to start on old book and then looked at the new, and we got to see that she understood the, the ten two-letter words, if it is to be, it's up to me. Mm-hmm. I tell I, I can talk and pontificate and say this is what you should do, and I try to practice what I preach in my own life, but to actually have people understand that you're going to get something by putting out the right effort, but only if you know where you're going. It has to be with a purpose. Anyway, this particular lady... Uh, she has uh, her children living at home. They're getting finishing up high school, and they want to go off to college. She'd never worked before in a regular job, so she had started up helping out in a school as an assistant teacher at minimum wage. Mm-hmm. And uh, by focusing on what she needed to get her education transferred from the other country to here and getting that all squared away. She went through all those things and she's going to be going to Grand Canyon University uh, and because of that class, the classes that she's in, she was able to get a job offer now to be a teacher, full teacher for special needs kids because she had the experience. Mm -hmm. She's going back and getting the, the needed certificates and yeah, things. Like a special education degree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just for that one particular thing. So it's it's so, I mean, she went from not trying to figure out how to live on, you know, $8 an hour or less and the kids wanting the things that American kids want. And yeah, yeah. With a husband that was providing it that's not now. And so now she's in a position where, She's actually looking to buy a house. She's got her credit. We got her to pay off her, her bills. Got her credit card with no balance on it. Wow. And I might want to talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's just, just uh, absolutely. I have to say, she's following the book to the letter. And when her kids say, "Well, I, why, you could just do this little extra for us," she says. Tom says, I have to get this done first. In other words, she has, she can't give from from a, a bottomless pit. She has to take care of her own self, get her needs taken care of, get her financial stuff, and when she makes extra, then she can give it out to the kids. But the kids are old enough now to actually be productive. So both of them got summer jobs. Oh, that's great. That so, is a great story. And it's, it's they're going to go to college, and she's actually working, and they now see her and how much she's done and the work she put out. I mean, she used to do the one job and then do clean-up janitorial work and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I am so pleased with, you know, being able to report something like that and how these different people are doing it. That's just simply from looking at the book and trying to get understanding, and that's what we want to tell people primarily that 
If you use the book, if you buy the book, it's $20. Uh, you can go online and get it for 10 Either way, you get um, free mentoring for the first month, and I'll give you my email address and contact me here at Tom at SunCityCountryClub.org, and in 24 hours, usually, I'll get back to you with an answer. I'm not going to write a, a thesis on it, but I'll get you an answer and help you with your direction of how to implement these things. So, yeah, and, and just to fill in some blanks there, <clears throat> again, um, Eve's Place, which is a shelter for domestic abuse uh, victims. victims, men and women, mm -hmm. um, you have spent considerable time there um, instructing and working with and mentoring uh, people who have come through there who are looking to improve their lives from where they're at. And, and I've worked with you some, uh, not certainly as much as you have, using, again, the, the book, Success or Failure, the Choice is Yours, and really with, with this woman, you're saying that she had to start from where she was, she has to assess where I am, and actually then develop a, a mental picture of where she wants to be, whether that be in five years or one year or right. whatever. Five-year um, plan. Yeah, and then develop that plan, both action steps on a daily basis and, and more long-term financial goals, education goals, improvement goals. Um, you know, we talk about defining your what is success to you, balancing your life, and then the book gives you six steps to meet those goals, getting started, and uh, doing it as a business. Yeah, thinking of yourself, of yourself as right. business. You're and, in a business. And it sounds like this woman has embraced that. Absolutely. And that uh, it took. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I am so happy to see how she's how she's doing it. I mean, she is steadfast. When somebody says takes her, tries to take her off the path, it's her path. Yeah. So what I got her to do is visualize where she wants to be in five years, and now she can evaluate: should I do this or should I do that? And if it doesn't help me on my path, it's no. Doesn't matter what it is. It's no, this is taking me in another direction. No, I don't have enough resources to help the whole world. i got to help me, get me strong, so then I can help other people. Yeah. It's it almost, I'm finding it's a universal thing with people. They want to help other people. There's some the, the little offshoot greedy predators and people like that that exist that just prove the rule. That's the exception that proves the rule. The majority of people have a genuine interest in helping other people. And until you help yourself, you cannot go out and try to, oh, I'll volunteer for that. Yes, I'll do that. What about you? What about your goals? And that's really what we want to do. If it is to be, it's up to me. But if it is to be, it has to be something that you've thought up and figured that's my path, that's where I want to go. Yeah. Yeah, I think what you're saying is so often we just don't look after our self-interest. We're too, yes. you know. I I think especially when we hit our adult age and we have children, you you yeah. you really are working for the benefit of your children and trying to make sure their success and their needs seem to come first. And then I don't think sometimes we're able to balance that, and, and especially maybe even after the children leave, it's harder because that's ingrained in you that yeah. you know and. It, and you've got to pull back and be a little more self-centered, which isn't a good thing to say, but yet it is. It, it is. It's an excellent thing because 
only from that. I mean, if if giving to the kids is satisfying them getting a, a new uh, Xbox or a new bicycle or a new car, and that's taking out of your 401k, yeah. that's the that's the wrong that's the wrong avenue. You have to have a you have to have something that can be a benchmark for yes or no. And as far as I'm concerned, the thing that we owe our children is opportunities. Right. We can encourage them. We can demand that they move in a certain direction in order to get our support. But that's not as important as letting them know there's so many opportunities. And it's not just go to college and get a job somewhere. It's what is the outcome? What is the position that I want to be in? Because today when you go to go to college and in most practices, most disciplines, that job won't exist in five years. And so <clears throat> and we've how always you said learn. It may not train you to do the job. No, it's how you train you to train a student to learn <laughs> yeah. so that you can adapt. And that's yeah. really I think never in, in, in human history has things gone as fast as they are right now. I mean we're how we do business like we're sitting here in our office talking to maybe a thousand people at this time and then the ones that can can see how to use what we're saying will take it and give it to their friends and, and that's how these things grow. But it's the same thing as learning how to learn so that you can take advantage of the things that are good. But what's your yardstick? What's your measurement? What's what's my path? How wide is it? And what's its direction? I, I know it's kind of an offshoot of that discussion, though, but I know when my kids were growing up, that was the, always the age-old question about what, why do I need a college degree because that job may yeah. not be there or I'm not sure what I want to be, why, would I, why am I going to college? And, and, and my answer was, you know, my, my job when I became a school administrator, one of my jobs was hiring people, and whether they were teachers or paraprofessionals like this woman started out. And, but one of the things I always said was they may not be trained to be a great teacher when they come out of college, but one, one thing I know, they're a finisher, they're a learner, right. and they're a team player. Right. Because you have to learn, do all of those things to get a college degree. I know, no matter what your degree is, whether it's in banking or education or general studies, mm -hmm. I know you had to stick to it to go four or five or six years, whatever right. it took. So you're a finisher. Mm -hmm. You can complete a job. Um, and I know you can learn. Right. And Nowadays, most of the college courses have to do with working in groups and mm -hmm. being successful as a team. So I know you're a team player. Now, you may be all of those things without a college degree, but no matter what field you go into, and even nowadays where people are switching fields five or six right. times throughout their lifetime, the one thing the, the boss or whoever is hiring them knows if they have a certificate in their hand are those things. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely true as... as uh as a employer, uh, those are things that I look at, and you know that the person. I, I think the one that I like best of that, if you want, they're all very important. But the best is the fact that the stick to itiveness. Right. They can complete a task, and in 
today's world, that's a very underused thing. I see a lot of people nowadays having to work two jobs to make the same money as they make at one. So that's why I'm trying to tell people to be a business and think of yourself as a, as a business and how do you, you do that. But that leads me into the other discussion, which um, I want to talk about the, this uh, GPS program that we're working on. Golf program in schools. Golf program in schools. Yeah. We talked about earlier providing opportunities for kids. I was yeah. going to say right then, that was yeah. a great transition. And we, I'm we, working on it. Yeah, we're getting there. But yeah, <laughs> it, it is. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's the whole thing. It's opportunities. How do you how do you do things for your own kids? And then I'm older and my kids are older, so they're not kids anymore. They're adult, responsible adults. Well, I have to put that. No, they are. That's just just fun. But they are able to recognize opportunities now because that's really what I what I try to give them. I mean, I didn't say this is what you have to do, but here's an opportunity. If you want to do this, you can. My my oldest daughter wanted to be a teacher, so she went into special needs teaching. Didn't want to be in business. That's totally okay. And one of her problems was she was too exact. She wanted everything to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, in business, it is if you're eighty percent perfect. You're perfect because the other twenty <laughs> yeah. percent is constantly changing. Yeah. Not the model, not the not the core principles, not the core values, not the idea of giving value for what you're asking for, and knowing what that value is to the other person. Uh, that's what really what business is, and that's what happened to me. I came into the golf business uh, through my brother got me in here and then he kind of moved on to other things when he saw how much work it is uh, but he plays golf and I work at golf so the the idea of it is is that I found a problem and I was looking at the book when I'm talking to the to my students at Eve's place and I'm looking at my own situation I said well Golf is kind of declining, and it's a real shame because the kids today are all into, you know, their their devices. They they're mm-hmm. they're texting. They're and there's nothing wrong with that, except the part about interrelating with other human beings. And I think I I was at a, a retreat the other day, and they were talking about a study that millennials now have a higher appreciation for uh, face-to-face contact with other people and networking with other people rather than social media because they found that if I'm talking to 10 million people and I'm looking for three of them to call me, I still have to know how to deal with those three. Yeah. Right? You still have to be able to look somebody in the eye you have to know how to shake hands. And where do you learn that? You learn it in golf. And golf is 450 years old. Uh, it was played by wealthy people. Um, there's 
at, at first there's the, the story about the, how to get his name, gentlemen only, ladies forbidden, <laughs> G-O-L-F, and that I don't know because I'm not that old, but <laughs> nowadays ladies can get the same opportunity as men because the playing field is totally level. Right. They don't have to hit 300 yards, although some of them do. Yeah. But the idea is that the same benefits that you get from golf, and when you look at it and you say, well, what, what benefits do they get? Courtesy, honesty, integrity, respect, sportsmanship, judgment. These are just a few of the things that come from the game and how you interrelate with another person. Golf takes, everybody says, oh, I can't, it's too expensive and it takes too long. So it takes four hours to play golf. But honestly, it takes a second and a half for a swing, so that's two and a half minutes to play a round of golf and have 100 strokes. <laughs> so <laughs> that's it, two and a half minutes. But you're with another human being or two or three other human beings for another three hours and 57 minutes. So it's not about the game. The game is you practice, you try to build your skill level up to equal your uh, your talent level, and that's what we're given to the kids so that I needed to do that looking at my business. I needed to get kids to come out and play and they play primarily in the summertime because there's not a lot of, act, well, there are a lot of activities for them, but there's not not the ones that get them into scholarships and, and career opportunities. So we've devised a program called GPS, which is uses the GPS system, like helping kids find their right path through golf, and it stands for GRIP posture and swing and that's what we do we go in and teach that in this in the schools and so far uh, I'm teaching in seven in a year I was able to teach in uh, the seven Peoria Unified School District schools and the kids response I I, I, I do want to read these statistics uh, of the of the program the number of kids that responded we had uh, 2,094 students that have already gone through the program, and that's in, in a 12-month period, and we're scheduled for another 3,000 kids in the next year, so we'll be at 5,000. Of that program, uh, the kids go, and we go on campus, teach freshmen, because they have to take the course, so we're getting every kid exposed to the game and the game's life lessons, and then we go into... The, the things that matter to the kids. And we have six classes in their gym with foam balls, and then they come out for a field trip. Of the group of the 2,094, uh, never played golf, 64%. Never wanted to, 42%. None of their family or friends play golf, 47%. Liked the class, 97.5% did not like the class, 62.2%, uh, and want to play golf in the future, 69%. And we just were so impressed by these statistics and 
So now we're working on the program of how to make it even better and how to improve it and how to expand it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that the kids get more out of it. Right. And and then and we have to hold ourselves accountable for the value that we're given to the kids. Right. And and as we've talked about, if we're going to expand the program, it has to be evaluated. Right. Uh, because any new schools or school districts, teachers, administrators, whomever who might want to partner with the program would want to know, does it work? Did kids like it? Did it work? What did they learn from it? How do you know? And that's all part of that accountability evaluation piece, which is what you just read in those statistics. Right. Just taking it this year, that's that's wildly successful. Yeah. Now, to replicate that, then, you know, that offers a, a foundation. Look, just in this year, and we did some the year before as well, but we have this data that, that shows it was successful. And the more years and the more expansion of the program that happens, you're going to even have more data. Um, you know, as public officials or educators or whomever, business people too, I think, everyone nowadays is saying, you know, show me the data. You know, what does it say? Show me it works. How do you know? You know, right. Yeah, everybody's got a story. Prove right? it. Yeah. It's all proven. And so th this uh, is a great start uh, when we have data, as well as not just hard data with uh, percentages, but you have professional teachers, professional golf instructors. Yeah. Uh, and they know improvement. I mean, that's their job, right. is to teach and improve uh, golf skills. Right. And, and that's who we have teaching the class along with, with volunteers. And so you also have the physical assessment of where students are at the beginning and where they are at the end and what improvements have been made. Um, and so you know, there's immediate feedback in that sense as well. It, it is. And the, the feedback that I like is one that the school has to bring the kids out. That's the only expense to the school district is they have to bring the kids out for a field trip. So uh, that. Six, uh, seven field trips were held last year. The kids come out to the club. They're, they're divided up into four groups. They go to the driving range, putting, and chipping. And then I physically take a group and talk to them about how to, how to function on a golf course, how to act, and how to think about why you want to have golf in your life and how to not, you know, how to dress right, how to be able to function so you don't look, you know, like, oh, I got to say something bad about it because I don't know how to do it. No. They come out here and they are implementing the things that we taught them in the class. We're not teaching them out here. We're just overseeing them. Here's balls. Go hit balls. But in a real-life situation. They, they get to demonstrate what they've learned in the gym or in a classroom setting. And now they're on a real golf course hitting real golf balls on real driving ranges and chipping areas and real putts. And, and I think, you know, that's a real key to the program. Yeah, well. see, that, that's, where they, that's where they get to actually get the feel of being at a golf course. And like I say, most of these kids never even saw a golf club. So then what we're looking at is how is this going to, you know, what are the different levels that a program like this can have in a, in a society or in an industry 
in an industry, it's huge because, as the numbers say, the majority of the kids never played, never even held a club. And part of uh, that goes to the fact that they're on their devices. So they really don't know about stuff like this and how that equates and how they can, uh, why they should be playing it. And so when they go from total not understanding to <coughs> coming out here and get to feel and be feel like this is actually something that they should be able to do. This is something that they're, they can develop a little sense of entitlement of, I know how to do that. Right. Yeah, that's... It's outside. Yeah. It's physical. You do it with other people. I, you know, those are all good things. But then, you know, you, you couple that with they also learn about career opportunities besides being golf professional. Right. Um, they all, and, and as we started this whole conversation, it was about providing kids with knowledge of opportunities. Yes. And so, you know, if a person were to say, well, I don't think kids need to learn to play the game of golf. It's a silly game. Well, it's not just about learning to play a game. It's really all the other things. It's about knowing opportunities. It's about learning the integrity and honesty and, and all of the life lessons that are, that are involved in golf. Uh, and, and also just awareness. Of, of what's out there and that they may not otherwise have been. So, I mean, you know, as, as we talk about just what's the, the basic premise, it's about improving kids' lives. And that will improve the lives of the people in the society, in the right. community. And their so lives throughout. That's, that's, that's the thing. Golf is a game that's played your entire life. You never learn it. You never master golf. You just try to improve and you make adjustments as your body makes other adjustments that you have to make compensations. That's how life is. That's yeah. You just don't go from A to B and then die. I mean, there's all these other things that are involved in there. Golf is that part of it. It's how you interact. And with these kids, the idea that they can now go and feel comfortable talking to an adult, and I teach them how to shake hands and look in somebody in the eye and be respectful, and when you're out playing golf, then a person will actually take you with you, uh, take them under your wing and maybe in, give you some information. But in that other three hours and 57 and a half minutes, <laughs> you may pick up some mentoring ideas that you really didn't think about before, and that's part of it. So one of the examples, I told my staff if I could get one of these kids to actually come out to the golf course here at Sun City Country Club and use what they, when they go through the program, they get a certificate of completion and they get a membership for four years in Sun City Country Club for the summer. Summer time, free to them. I supply the cart. I supply clubs for them if they don't have them. Uh, and their job is to bring a sponsor who pays a regular fee, and they go off and play golf. Well, one of the gentlemen showed up, and he had a certificate and his little card, and he turned them into the pro shop. And so said, I, I, they came over and said, well, one of your kids have come through. So I said, okay. So I went out, 
got their certificate and went out on the golf course and met them. And I remember the young man that was was that was playing. And he had got his grandfather to come from Tennessee to play golf with him in the summertime so that he could do this. And so grandfather bought a, a book of tickets. They're going to play ten times. And yeah, they right. were just, I, I caught him about the third hole. And you could just see this young man was so happy because he was there with his granddad. Yeah. We hadn't seen him in a while. And they were interacting. It's also a sport where it brings families together in a sport that they can play together. They don't have to, but they can. And so it tightens the family bonds. That's another thing that's very good about it. And the other part of it is there's so many scholarships that are available now because the millennials are not playing as much golf. So these scholarships are are available. There's 200 this is statistics from Google. Uh, there's 200 Division One college scholarships, four-year full-ride scholarships that go unapplied for every year since 2009, and I think that number is going to widen. So yeah, for girls, amazing. it's just there's a hundred million dollars of scholarships in golf, and they're not all being used. So what I'm trying to show to the kids, and this is what the program works for me is that no kid will be able to say, I can't do that because it's too expensive. You don't have to buy special clothes. You don't have to buy special shoes. You don't have to this. You don't have to that. You do have to go get a sponsor. And if you don't have one, you can call in, and I'll see about getting some of my members to go out and play with them so it doesn't matter. It's just about getting them a avenue into a sport that's the played by the highest economic demographic in the country where there are no concussions, no, no possibility yeah. <laughs> of having your child be maimed. It's the only sport where you're the referee, so you're taught responsibility. If you, you have to learn the rules and you have to play within the rules, and you're the official. No other game. Yeah. And that's why it's so valuable for And that's the integrity and honesty piece, too. There it is. It's called penalty on yourself. No mm -hmm. official does it. Yeah. And, and, it's, and then there's also a thing in golf that makes it even for, there's a level playing field where some people say, well, I can't do this because of race, creed, color, blah, blah. And I mean it, blah, blah. Because in golf, anybody can play. Our PGA pro, Bob Bleen, has taught a blind person to hit golf balls. So if blind people can do it, yeah. anybody can do it. Yeah, you know, there's, we see a lot of uh, golfers varying mm -hmm. handicaps uh, and also disabilities of all sorts. And, and again, it's, it's, they're able to come out, enjoy the outdoors, enjoy green grass, and, and a physical activity that, that is not available to them. Yeah, and it's not available to them in any other sport. They can't like maybe play <coughs> soccer or basketball right. or or different team sports. This is an individualistic team sport. It could be like track, but that's the closest thing I could get to it. But uh, in in 
it's usually not available to the masses it, because it was an elitist part. It was yeah. the high seek. And that's another reason that you know, piques our interest as, yes. as golfers and you as a, as a golf business owner is, is that obviously you want to break down those myths that right. it's an elitist sport because if that is the myth that's out there and people start believing it, then it's no longer a myth that it's an elitist sport, then the numbers will continue to dwindle. Right. And we'll all have less people in the sport, you'll have less business, et cetera. I mean, that, that, that's a far-reaching goal, but if you look right. at it, we want more people to play golf, and that's not the case. And so why are not students introduced to it? Hence this program. I mean, there's other great programs. First Tee, which deals yep. with, with younger children, has, has gotten a lot of golfers started. And, but what we're seeing is in many communities, uh, especially at that secondary level, which is our focus, which is middle school, high school, um, there aren't those opportunities necessarily. So this program that, that you're holding in Peoria School District so far, which is a public school district open right. to all kids, right. um, and the program is open to all kids, all the students in ninth grade have to take PE. This is part of the PE curriculum. And so all kids have access. Um, I, I, you know, that's exciting if you just think about that. There would, so far, there's over 2,000, there'll be over 5,000 students this next year that may have never, ever experienced golf, thought about playing it, been on a golf course, swung a golf club, and maybe they won't want to continue it, but they never would have had the opportunity. Right. And, the and the thing is that when they get exposed to it, other doors open up to them. Even if they don't continue playing golf, it gives them something to do extra because golf can be played by every person. Not every person can be uh, a quarterback on, on the high school football team, but every person can play golf. And that's the leveling thing about golf is that there's handicaps, and there's different places, different hitting places that you start from. And you compete against people at the same place, mm-hmm. and it's based on your skill and the ability to hone your skill to get better, which takes you all the way through your life. And yeah. that's that's the really amazing part of what we're and, trying and to do. And so the challenge, I mean, and, and why we bring it up on the show today and, and other days is – not simply to inform about that, hey, we're doing this, and it's a great program, and uh, is that we need help in expanding it. Yes. And so yes, we're we looking do. to expand it to other schools, to other school districts, and, of course, we have to get buy-in from those superintendents and school boards, and so we're working together on trying to get some information to those educators that says this is an evaluated quality curriculum that has been successful and we can prove it. Right. And that may help expand it. Uh, we're also in need of some more people who can work with their school district and with their communities to help partner in both access to those schools and school districts, but also funding for. Uh, we don't want to make this a burden on school districts and teachers financially. Uh, and so far, it has not been for Peoria. It's only been a financial burden on you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if, if indeed the program, which we think is so worthwhile, is going to expand, we really are going to need help. We're going right. to need help with funding. We're going to need help with volunteers. And we're going to need help with access. Right. It is 
people are starting to take an awareness of it as they see how impacting this is in the community because the certificate of completion or appreciation that we got from Peoria Unified School District is for outstanding contribution to public education. And that's really what we want to do is open this up. The idea, again, I'll, I'll reiterate, the goal of Sun City Country Club is to do well in its business, but so it can do good in its community. And this is actually a two-pronged attack on that because as we bring more kids out here to play in the summertime, because a kid for five bucks can come out here and spend four hours, yeah. buy a bucket of balls, go out and um, and we all know kids need things to do in the summer. They Healthy, do. good things. That where they're not standing around on a street corner, right. they can be at a golf course. And what a, what better of a place for them to do that? So if they came early, and some kids say, well, I can't get to the place. And no, there are buses. And like I know when I was a kid, I had a bicycle. I could go. I could go yeah. wherever. It I was. rode my bicycle to the golf course when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't I I rode mine to school, but I didn't go. I didn't I didn't have the opportunity to golf, and that's part of what we're doing now is getting the opportunity to all the kids. Yeah. And it's it's really the goal that I have is to teach all in all 44 school school high schools in um, west side of Phoenix, and it'll be about 20 to 27 thousand kids a year. There's 54,000 kids in Maricopa County, and there's 84,000 freshmen in the entire state, and we're working with special needs. Uh, we're, we're the uh, state sponsor for their uh, for their annual golf outing. Sometimes there's as many as five and 600 kids come, and they compete on a three-day thing, and sometimes they have a one or two day thing, so it yeah. depends on on donations that they get, how much of a program they can put on. But they come out and do quite a quite a nice uh, event out here. Uh, we had them out last year, and we're working to. They want us to be. They like our program, and they want us to work with them in expanding it because it's an inclusive program. Any child that's in the class is going to get the same instruction. Right. So it's not, oh, you have a dis, you're autistic, or you're this, or you're that. So you can't, no. If you come and you want to be in this class, we will teach you. So yeah. it's it's a totally it's a win for everybody. And I'm seeing, and like you mentioned, first tee and and junior golf and. They do have good programs. Our program really is designed to upstream people to them, right? Because they do have the programs that that take them to a higher and higher level of playing golf. Uh, the people that are more talented and have more desire and drive, that is an excellent place. But it's also an expensive thing. Yeah, yeah. Because it is not inexpensive to go to that drive, pitch, and putt program. Uh, especially if you win and go to have to yeah. go to Augusta in Georgia, <laughs> that's a, a lot of families do not have that opportunity, but they will have an opportunity to still play golf, and maybe 
think about getting on the high school golf team and then being able to go on to a college golf team. That will give them the same ideas, the yeah. same openings that these other programs do. And that's because we have gotten several kids on the uh, on high school golf programs. Yeah, and, and I hope, you know, that, that they at least think about it as something to do with friends. Yeah. Maybe first, the, the competition and being on the varsity and getting a college scholarship may come down the road. But, I mean, about 126 years ago when I was in high school, <laughs> I, I did just that, you know. Uh, I The spring sport I was involved in, you know, got defunded, if you will. So what do I do now? I was a gymnast and school didn't fund that. And so um, I said, well, I can play golf, but I don't play it very well. But at, at our school, and I hope still in, in schools, you were allowed to turn out for the golf team and just play. Now, oh. you didn't play on the varsity. Yeah. You know, but you could play. And, oh. and it was coached and supervised. And so um, they didn't have a cut or a number. Now, there okay. may be today. I hope not. But that was where it really allowed me to go after school and play with friends and watch really good golfers and get a little coaching, which probably allowed me to continue it for a lifetime. Yeah. You know, never did get all that great, but that wasn't a point, you know. Yeah. I, I was learning the game. I was enjoying the game. I was on the golf course after school with friends and, and teachers, and, and it was a great experience. And I, I'm hoping that our... GPS program, which gets them started in ninth grade, for many of them, their first look yeah. at it might say, yeah, maybe I could turn out for golf and just play on the B or C squad or whatever it yeah. is, but play and just try to get better, and maybe we'll see what happens come my junior and senior year. Yeah. That, that's, that's actually what is happening, and you know, so it is working for the kids, but you know, as they grow and get older and we come into the communities, we can come back and look at exactly like you and I would not have met if it wasn't for golf. Right. right. So, yeah. I mean, because we were on two different paths yes. that, of what you're doing. So I'm here, and you came over here to play golf, and we met. And there's a whole lifestyle thing that goes with that, where you you don't get just acquaintances. You get really, you build friendships that were, now we're, you're helping me uh, help these kids. That, yeah. That's amazing, especially yeah. with your background that. That, that is really a big help to our program. And I like the idea of what what you're bringing to the program is we're, we're looking at it from the academic side of how do we evaluate it, how do we know that this is a good program, how do we know that the kids are getting what they can get and the maximum outtake they can get from this program that will benefit them. Yeah, and, and because having been in the business for 35 years of education, it, it is so swamped right now with testing mm -hmm. and accountability and the teachers have no time and no, not one more thing. And every legislature legislator pops up with the class they think needs to be added to the curriculum. Yeah. And here you come saying, we want you to add something to your yeah. curriculum. I mean, it, it's an immediate no unless you can prove to the superintendent and school board and the teachers that this isn't that intrusive. It's only six days out of your curriculum and, a, and then a field trip, and it doesn't cost you anything, and you get quality instruction from professionals. Right. Uh, and, and here's our data that says it works. Then the wheels start churning with, 
okay, let's take yeah. a look at it. And I think that that's where we, we are and we need to be. So. Well, see, that's what's happening. When we got our certificate of appreciation from Peoria, uh, when we went out to uh, try to partner with uh, Special Olympics, I mean, they are very, they are very structured in who can do anything with them. And they want a program that's inclusive that will go statewide. Well, they have opportunities that we don't have to help that happen. So we're trying to work with them. But one of the things that, that we did when we went over there, I, said, I told them about the program, and then they naturally checked with Peoria. And they said, we checked all of our sources over there, which we have considerable in that school district, said they all answered with one word. It's an amazing, amazing program. Yeah, yeah. that's good. So, to hear. I mean, we're yeah. feeling it, but when somebody else like that validates it, you know, when they're checking to see, are you just in it for money? No, it's cost me $62,000 <laughs> to be here, so no, I'm not in it for the money. But uh, the the idea is, how do, how do we get this back to the kids, and how do I, at some time, I will try to monetize this so that it can go on and at a much lower cost and yeah. be, be reach more kids so that these statistics that we talked about at first, when you get 69.5% um, of the kids that go through the program and take the testing will actually respond, I like golf and I'm going to keep it in my life. I mean, you, you, yeah, that's a win. You made some. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I was hoping for eight and ten percent to be blunt. Yeah, I mean, make it. that's that's yeah. how many people play golf. Yeah. And I know that's that's a high form because they came out and they were all involved in the field trip and they take the the uh, survey right after that where they actually it's their input. It's on on a computer. They go to their yeah. own computer and they fill out the program. And it's nobody's, no teachers monitoring them. It's just the individual kid is actually doing this, and that's what makes it so important. But yeah. anyway, I, I think I, I, I really am appreciative, Terry, of what you've done by this. Terry's written up a, about a two-page uh, thing, golf program in schools providing opportunity, education, and evaluation. And he's bringing this with his huge background in education of how the program is actually working to explain it to other academics so that they can look and see, well, yeah, it, we can fit this program in. It, yes, it helps the kids, and it doesn't impact our budget, so we can fit it in. So that's that's really what we want to do, and I'm going to figure out how to get this in the hands of uh, every superintendent of schools that I have. There's nine of them over here right. that I have to right. go through, and so I'm going to I'll get this scanned in and send it off to them. So well, like like we said, we're, we're going to need some help. We're yeah. going to need some help in expanding this. So if you're listening and you can help, please uh, give us a call or or email Tom at, at the numbers that that 
he's given you, and I'll give you at the end of the show. Um, but we think we're off to, we're off to a great start. And so thanks to Tom for all your work in getting this started, for your financial support of it. Uh, it's been a success that we we just want to take further. Yeah, so, absolutely. It is so good. Anything else? No, that. that all right. I, Let's put a wrap on this. Yeah. We want to thank you for joining us and apologize for any technical issues at yeah. the start. Hopefully, our wonderful producer has editing power and, <laughs> and can make this a smooth-sounding transition of a of a show. We want to thanks for joining us on Success or Failure with Tom and Terry. We hope you'll join us next month. Uh, we're live at this time, at 9 a.m. Pacific time, on the last Wednesday of the month. But you can join us anytime on www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash boomer and babe. In the meantime, feel free to comment, join us in the discussion, email us at successorfailure.org. Once again, this is Dr. Terry Munther and Tom Legering reminding you that success or failure, the choice is yours. You've been listening to Success or Failure with Tom Legering and Terry Munther. Success or Failure is a Boomer and the Babe Enterprises radio production. Contact them at boomerandthebabe.com.